Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Cup Podcast. This is episode 90. Today, I have a special treat for you all, an interview with none other than Robbie Andrews. Now, Robbie was super humble in this in the interview that we did, so I just want to shout him out and give some context for how amazing he is for those who aren't aware. His 800-meter PB is 144, and he's also run 334 for the 1500. He was an NCAA champ, U.S. champ, and a U.S. Olympian, and you know we just had an amazing talk, so I really hope you guys enjoy this interview. Next week, the boys will be back, so that'll be more of a regular episode, but for today, please enjoy. And I'm here with Mr. Robbie Andrews. Robbie, how you doing today? Hey Morgan, uh, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I had a nap today, so I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good after the nap. He had. What did you have for your run today? I had five whole miles. Uh, my I had my first workout back after an injury yesterday, um, so today's run didn't feel too good. But uh, I did have five miles, and I, I made it through. So thanks for asking. That'll get you. So Robbie and I are both sad. Well, every time I'm injured and I'm on my own, <laughs> I always put myself back into Sad Boys Track Club. And we're on pretty similar, actually, we're on extremely similar paths in that regard because for both of us, we're here without our partners. We're coming back from injury and just in general, the whole team is here, isn't here, sorry. Like, so it's always a different vibe when it's just like no one's here. So we're kind of just out here grinding and yeah, we're both coming back from injuries. So we're actually going to be linking up a little bit. I think (laughs) on Thursday, we're going to be working out together. In some capacity, that's my hope. That's my dream. Maybe. You excited uh, for that? I'm very I'm excited to warm up with you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're very modest. Robbie Robbie is very modest. Um just just for everyone who's listening, um who is Robbie Andrews? Uh, that's a tough question. To, yeah, I'll give you a I'll tell you my answer I, after you right. give yours. I'll give you a, a nutshell, um a big nutshell. Uh but I, I, I grew up in, in New Jersey, in uh, Manalpa, New Jersey, about an hour south of uh, New York City and about an hour north of or east of uh, Philadelphia. And um, my, my dad was a runner, my mom was a runner, my sister's a runner. Uh, so I grew up in a family of runners and uh, I was just kind of exposed to the sport super early in like a very, uh, I don't know, uh, open way. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't like I was training. My dad was training my sister and me from like a young age. It was just kind of like, well, I'm going to the track today. Do you guys want to come? And me and my sister would always be like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. it was just normal. <laughs> Which is, yeah, we were just having fun. And, um, and then when, when we got, when I got to middle school, um, I still wanted to be a basketball player, but, uh, I was, I did play basketball, but I was much better at running. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess uh, got really fucking good in high school. Yeah. <laughs> my senior year, yeah. What was your high school uh, mile time? My I ran four hundred three and one forty eight. And back then, that's like a three fifty five. Like today time, people didn't run that quick back then, did they? Um, Mac Fleet had the number one time that year, four hundred two nine, and I think I think Centro had run four hundred three like mm-hmm. a year or two before that. It was like a lot of guys around like that four hundred two, four hundred three, four hundred four range. Um, yeah, definitely not what you're seeing today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you went to the University of Virginia. This is this is the quick run through. We'll get more oh, yeah. in depth later. But you went to Virginia, and as a freshman, you you were pretty fucking good, <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah, uh, I got I got very lucky with um, with the school and, and coach I picked uh, with Jason Vigilante, and 
uh, we just had a really good group of guys. But yeah, I was able to to win NCAA indoor in the 800, and then I got second outdoor in the 800 at NCAs, and uh, as a freshman, and then as a sophomore, I redshirted. Oh, no, oh, and then that summer I got third. I got bronze at the World Junior Championship. Um, me and Kaz Loxham, we went two three behind a, a Kenyan who didn't last much longer in the sport. So, <laughs> I'll do it sometimes. But yeah, I got a World Junior medal, and uh, and then the next year, I'd had that actually. I ran that race with really bad plantar fascia. Um, I, I remember uh, the, the the night before the final, I went out to dinner with my my dad and Coach Vidge, and. Um, you know, I'd been, they had known my foot was hurting me for like a while, but, um, as I'm walking back to the, the dorm or whatever, I'm like up on my toe and I'm like, I can't, oh, I can barely walk. And Viz just turns around and he's like, Hey, take some Advil. And, um, so then when I got back to school, so, cause that was late, late July. And, um, so then when I got back to school that August, um, I hadn't been running yet cause I was taking my two week break and, uh, Vidge got me into our our doctor and um so we got an mri and they said my navicular was broken and i was like oh wow that's weird because the bottom of my foot hurts like yeah that doesn't make I, sense. i don't think my navic like my navicular is fine but so i get on crutches for for seven weeks and then um bitch takes me down to see uh i forget his last name but dr bob in raleigh uh who had just done evan jager Je- evan jager's navicular like a few months before that and then Jager was like, fine. But so he took me down to see this guy for my navicular. And like, we're waiting in the waiting room for like way too long. And he's like, sorry to keep you guys waiting. But like, what are you doing here, man? Like, your navicular? What do you like? It looks like planner, but your navicular is totally fine. Wow. And I, my, both of our vids drove me down. Our faces just dropped. Like, our, you know, that's what we thought. But anyway, so, uh, <laughs> Then I, I had a red shirt uh, indoor that next year because I was still coming back from the planner. And then, um, and then I won NCAAs as a sophomore in 2011. And then the next year I went, I went pro after the cross-country season. Mm-hmm. And then had a great pro career, which we'll get into as well. And then here in Boulder today... Wait, can I just ask, do you listen to the podcast? Some of them, yeah. I've just realized that I've never interviewed someone one-on-one. There's always at least three people. I'm pretty sure... This is really intimate. Just you and me, dog. Are you feeling this energy, or is this? Oh, dude. Well, you know, we're, we're I'm feeling it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a very different vibe. I've never felt this before on the show. This is this is crazy to me. But uh, yeah, so now you live here in Boulder. We uh, we hang out from time to time. Watch the Portland Track Fest. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. We watched it all. Very exciting stuff. Um, and we played a little bit of Super Smash Bros. We so for context, we talked about that. I talked about it with Ollie and George um on earlier because they're just playing that all the time right now in st moritz mario kart yeah mm-hmm. with uh with yard and he's just whooping their butts apparently uh, i've i've heard the uh i've heard the reports that he's uh he's very good <laughs> he's amazing <laughs> but i think we'll probably get into a bit more of that after this all right but yeah so how did you end up here in boulder then i ended up ended up in boulder because uh my beautiful wife josette uh norris andrews uh, joined the OAC and, um, I think she's your, I think she's your newest member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, when, uh, when her contract, uh, expired, her Reebok contract, contract expired last year. Um, this was definitely one of the, the top choices for, for her as, as an athlete. And also like, it's kind of tough passing up living in Boulder. Um, but then, um, 
the team was kind enough to take us both out on a visit, which I was I was really thankful for. Uh, and I had never been here before. Josette had spent a few summers here, uh, back in back in college. Um, so she had she's already she's always talking about Boulder, 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 Boulder. Boulder. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me to finally get out and see it, I was. I didn't want to like try. I didn't want to like be pushing her one way or the other too much. But when we left, I was kind of like, uh, "Yeah, I think this is kind of the spot. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good." And so then um, we uh, we got married December 9th and went on our honeymoon Costa Rica. And then six days after that, we uh, packed up our shipping cubes and moved on Christmas Eve from 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 Charlottesville to Boulder. Uh, we went right to uh, Tori and Jackson's for Christmas Eve dinner at 10 p.m. And oh no, we did it. We did a four mile shakeout because she'd already taken like two days off before that. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was a wild, it was a wild couple of weeks. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so then we we got to spend Christmas in Boulder. Yeah, it is crazy that you guys moved on Christmas Eve. It the flight was like it's too good to pass up, yeah. which I couldn't believe. Yeah. Um, and then we, and we flew with my with our two cats, Cuff and Link, and. Um, it was just we ended up getting an upgrade to first class, which was pretty cool. How about so, that little yeah. Christmas present? Little Christmas Christmas, can- well, yeah, but we were delayed uh, seven seven and a half hours in Jeez. the in the airport. Okay, but, uh, so not that good. Yeah. <laughs> not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. The trip. Yeah, give and take, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you guys had a very interesting fall because yeah, you knew that you were looking for new options because the Reebok. Do people even like talk about publicly what happened with the Reebok team? Um, Is that like public knowledge? I don't know yet. Um, we don't even totally know what's going on right now. Um, it's we Josette. She was offered something from Reebok. Yeah. Um, to be fair, she yeah. was. Um, it just uh, if you like compare the the all the offers she she had, the the Reebok was not the length was not the same, and so that was kind of um, and that was Reebok's what seemed to be their. Um, standing point was the length and um, that's ultimately ultimately what uh, led her to leave because you know coach Fox was an amazing mentor for her I mean she she really really blossomed with him and uh, they they clicked really well as as an athlete and coach Um, I mean it's yeah what what they were able to to accomplish was nothing short of impressive but so yeah it it was um it was just it was really you know it was kind of sad in a way because they that that Reebok group had so much talent and they had so much success um it 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 just seemed like it it wasn't necessarily coming it wasn't it was out of fox and and uh, coach smith's control yeah well the big thing was that like maybe they offered josette a contract but they weren't offering contracts to a lot of people is that correct like they, she wouldn't have had teammates really most likely so um that's like kind i don't of a sad thing. it was yeah so like and then when you when you look at the teammates that she would be having at, at some of the other groups especially here it was um it was kind of a not an easy decision of, uh, by any means, but like it was kind of like well, when you compare them, it's like well, I'm going to take the longer contract with Alicia Munson and and company. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I mean, like between the two of you, and for her especially, she had kind of decided what was important to her and what wasn't as important because. I mean, it's not easy to do, especially I remember you maybe had the same experience coming out of college. <clears throat> you have all these different contracts and you don't know like what actually matters, you know, but then I think pretty quickly, like once you're a pro for six months, a year, you realize like what matters to you and what doesn't. And that's obviously going to be different for everyone. Like, and it was the same thing for me where initially, like I tried to stay with Mick 
and essentially be like solo. Like, well, I had plans to try to have training partners, but I thought that I would be pretty okay training solo. And then, I mean, that's also like why I ended up with Team Boston and stuff, but then mm-hmm. not having training partners, you figure out pretty quick. Like, <laughs> man, running can be pretty boring sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Especially when it's not going well. You, uh, you need to have, like having a team or having something else going on in your life that's pretty significant. Is that something that you, is it, did she feel really strongly that that's what she needed? Um, or was that something more that you were like always like trying to make her see the value of? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about me for a second first, you know, <laughs> uh, but um, I had that exact um, realization that you had only a year later. Um, so I, I stayed with, um, with Coach Vidge uh, the year after, after my contract. Um, so this is, this is now 2013, and I ended up having uh, a hernia um, in, my, in my groin. And that was just, I just, I was not running very well. And it was really, really frustrating. And I was still living at home, and it was, things just were not going super great. And um, then, so then that, that summer I kept seeing the NJNY guys all over and like they were at all the same meets and I was like, man, I think I, I think I, I think I miss a group. Uh, so then I, boys. so then I need the boys. Uh, so then I, I, um, I joined NJNY that next year, uh, in 2014, uh, 2013, 2014. And, uh, I was running better. Um, I was definitely happier with, with the guys. Um, we had so much fun. Um, and shout out Mike Rutt. He just became a, a doctor of physical therapy. Wow. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Who was on the team at that time? Who were your train, main training partners? Uh, I lived with Don Cabral, the Cabral Cannon. Um, nice. That was, uh, we, we've been described as perfect opposites. And um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> that means the only thing we have in common is that we run. Yeah. But in like the best way possible. Like we actually ended up clicking pretty well. Opposites attract. Uh, yes, absolutely. And um it uh we we had a blast um but i just remember there before before like workouts he'd be blasting like reggae tone in the in the kitchen and he liked to wake up like two hours before the workout and he's just like having a dance party getting psyched and i was like kind of fresh out of school and and like i was still waking up like a half hour before the practice you know yeah and i just come up be like can you turn that down <laughs> it was just like some of those little things but um yeah. uh so it's don uh then kyle was there kyle merber um, Mike Rutt, Brian Gagnon, uh, we had, uh, like Liam Boylan Pett, Russell Brown was there that year. Um, uh, Ben Sheets, uh, I think he was a D3 guy. Um, who am I missing? Like, it wasn't like Johnny and like, um, and, uh, like Colby. Colby. Yeah. Not yet. Uh, uh-uh. so it was, that was kind of like the. The next wave, Liam Boylan Pet. Did I say him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Gags was the coach. Gags was. Was the it co- just Gags? It was just Gags, and then he had his. Um, I don't. Uh, no, Hilly would come sometimes to like help time, mm-hmm. um, and Trout and I don't know if Troutman would come around yet. Um, but it was just Gags, and he he would drive like I think it was like two hours or something down to New Jersey for for the practice. We actually worked out at Donellan High School, or no, it wasn't a high school. The Donellan New Jersey public track which is the town Sydney McLaughlin's from. Wow. So there's one time when, cause, and that's when Sydney was still in school. So there was, a, there was a day that she was like doing a practice or something and everyone's like, I think that's the high school girl. And it was just, it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, she was still pretty good back then. Um, but yeah, so, so then I, um, I came to realize then after that, I, I needed a group, but I needed 
a coach that understood me as a person and as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And not that Gags didn't understand me, but it was tough only seeing him twice a week. And uh, so I ended up going back to to Coach Vidge, and we were able to eventually kind of recruit some some guys to come come back, uh, especially Anthony Kostelak, uh, Virginia legend, uh, Abemarle legend, um, and then we uh, Peter Callahan ended up coming back after he finished up at New Mexico. Um, we had Russell Dinkins, another Princeton grad, guy had some wheels. Uh, then Patrick Rolo ended up coming up from uh, Davidson, another 800 guy, and um, that was kind of. And then like the Princeton guys, uh, like they would like come in and out. You know, that's the thing, like. Every year you get a new group of freshmen, and at Princeton, Vidge some seems to always get these insanely talented guys. Um, so we there was always like a like a little kind of group there, and that ended up being kind of the magic formula for me. Yeah, that's what worked well. Yeah. Did you know that I visited Princeton? I do. I've heard when that story many times. Time. Yes. <laughs> at one point, <laughs> at one point, I think you and Grant Fisher had both visited yeah. i don't know if i don't think it was the same weekend but i and then there was like one other like stud that visited and vidge was like yeah if, if we got everyone that visited we'd have went like one through ten at ncs <laughs> yeah it was a very very interesting visit i i got along with vidge really well i i mean i couldn't i didn't end up going to princeton because you know they don't give out sports scholarships and and all that type of stuff it would have cost me about a bajillion dollars to go there mm. But I really liked, well, my visit was just... You had, know, you had fun? I had fun, but yeah. it was, I don't know if you've heard the full story. I don't know if you've heard Morgan's side of the story, but it was just the weirdest visit ever because I happened to be visiting on the week of regionals. And so for I didn't even like meet the actual team because the team was like gone. They were, <laughs> they were racing and I was hanging out. My host was Will Paulson. Legend. As a as a freshman, legend, and he, I'm pretty sure he just skipped all his classes while I was there, and we just <laughs> we just hung out and had such a good time. Um, <laughs> Paulson is um he's another extremely talented individual, and he's very um, good. I think he was injured at the time because mm-hmm. um, he, but yeah, so I think I can see you guys getting along really well. Yeah. It was just like everything. I mean, I was in, I had just finished high school, I suppose. And I was just like in the U.S. I'm like, wow, this is so fun. We, they gave us, they gave us money for meals <laughs> and we spent it all at a sorority poker tournament. It was like, it was just random. And then we just, yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was, so it was a good time, yeah. which I mean, I, I like, it was, I was pretty sad when I had to tell Vidge like, yeah, I just can't go there. Man, dude, Vidge would have, uh. Not that Mick didn't do a good job with you, but Vidge would have, <laughs> Vidge would have coached the crap out of you, yeah. Yeah, so so you moved back to, so you lived at, in Princeton, New Jersey? So I lived, yeah, right next door in Lawrenceville, um, and uh, and um, it was, so it was, my, my, where I grew up, I was about 45 minutes away from Princeton, and then I, I moved to be about 10 minutes away, which was, um, it's funny, 40 minutes doesn't sound like a long drive, but it was kind of like, the commute was kind of getting to me, yeah. uh, and, um, but where we lived, there was this amazing park called Mercer Meadows and it was a uh, from it was a, exactly a mile to soft surface a five mile soft surface loop so from the house I could do a seven mile run that was five miles of soft surface and that was like game changer for me mm-hmm. I like that is I, I abuse that a lot mm-hmm. and then there's the towpath which is like 20 or 30 40 I don't even know how many miles it goes as, as far as you need that's just flat dirt and straight um and there's Princeton cross country course the, the training the training around there was it's a lovely place to be a runner. Yeah. yeah. And um, 
and it was it was like easy to be focused uh it was easy to be focused and kind of like just in make a bubble for myself which was really really helpful and still having my my parents and my sister close by which was really helpful and my dad would come to a lot of workouts if if Vidge was at regionals or you know if he was at a, a Princeton thing mm-hmm. and um you know we needed uh like an assistant coach, then my dad was very quick to step in and that was very, very helpful. And my sister was in nursing school at the time. She, she came to as much, as much as she could, which was, wow. which was very sweet of her. Yeah. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. So what year were you in Princeton until? So, uh, so I was, we were in Lawrenceville from the fall of 15 until the fall of 18. So about three, just about, oh, just about three years. Okay. And then I moved home after 18 that's kind of when I got I got sick with Lyme disease, and um, Anthony Koslak, uh had been doing the oddest jobs you could find. I mean, he was really he really strung himself thin to like make it work to train with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was ready to like <laughs> stop waking up at four in the morning to do a job just to come train in the afternoon. Uh, Callahan, uh, I think he was I think he moved back to Chicago. Uh, Patrick Rollo was ready to, um, also stop doing these odd jobs and, um, and Russell, I think Russell had moved to Philadelphia at that point, I don't, but it, it was kind of like everyone was kind of ready to, to like part ways. And, um, I did, I wasn't ready to like get my own place in, in Princeton. So I just moved home and yeah, then I started dating Josette <laughs> when I was living with my history. parents. Yeah. The rest is history. <laughs> but I mean, I'm going to try to get you to talk about like some of your great races. I know you're very humble and I don't know. It, it's like, it is hard to talk about stuff that you did really good. That's a long time ago. Cause even for me, like, it's not like I like talking about like when I went into the blaze. Cause then it just reminds me that I haven't really done anything since that. Yeah. I guess that's, the, <laughs> I guess that's the point. It's like, we're talking about stuff 10 years ago, not, stuff that's a week ago so i was like yeah i wish i was like did i mention that five mile run today (laughs) (laughs) but with that said i think it still is very exciting to talk about that stuff and there's still like a lot of there's probably so many lessons i mean at the end of the day i always believe like you can take some really good lessons from the good times when things are going well and like yeah we'll talk about them but then like i mean you've had a lot of struggles in your career um I mean, many people have struggles, but you, in particular, you've had a lot of struggles. You had freaking yeah. Lyme's disease. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you come out, like, the other side, like, or at least when you're able to look back on them, like, when you're not right in the thick of the storm, there's always, like, you know, those are the moments that you, you come to realize those are the moments that you grow from the most, and you always find, like, good lessons. So I would love to try cover yeah. a bunch of that stuff, oh, yeah. if we can. I got to tell you first off, though, so when I... Like when I, I'm a big YouTube person, like watching videos all the time and stuff. I think a lot of people know that. And I would always watch videos to get me pumped up for races. Your NCAA win in 2011 was like, that was one of my races. <laughs> well, thank you, Morgan. That was one of my races. Um, if so, anyone hasn't seen it, uh, YouTube, type, type it in the YouTube. NCAA 800 meter, it'll be, it'll blow your mind. I mean, <laughs> we'll spoil it now. Robbie wins. But <laughs> barely. <laughs> I re I rewatched it yesterday. Oh nice. I didn't realize you were literally in last place with oh. two hundred to go. And the race went out in freaking forty nine. So you yeah. probably just you probably just raced it the smartest kind of. Yeah, Charles Jock, um who who ended up being second and then he won the next year, which is so I don't I don't feel as bad anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I used to feel I was like, Oh man, I literally just stole it from him. Like so I, I beat him by point zero three. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I just I, you know, he led 
799 meters. And and you ran 144.71. 144.71, yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Tied, tied the meet record at, the, at, at that time. No, yep. Donovan, Donovan said, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, cool story, actually, that um, Amos Bertelsmeyer brought up uh, last week. We went out to, Josette and I went out to dinner with him and his fiancee, uh, Piper, uh, some Georgetown friends, and uh, Madeline Perez, some, some Georgetown folks after, after the LA meet. Mm-hmm. And he brought up the prelim from that, from that 2011 NCA race. And so the, the story is that I, I ran the race without any pins in my spikes. So I was wear, I was wear testing a pair of Nike spikes at the time and they were messing with the, the like spike depth mm-hmm. and they tried to make it less to make it lighter. Um, and I, I love the spike. Like they were, they were, they were essentially the victory twos at the time. Um, I, I think I actually, I never wore the victory two, but, um, so I remember I'm on the starting line and we're like, we're walking around the starting line. I'm like, oh man, I'm looking at all these pins on the floor and I'm like, oh boy, someone's going to have a bad day. <laughs> and then I like go to like get set and my foot just slides out and I'm like, wow, oh my God, it's me. Yeah. So I'm like, and it, it, it had rained too. It, it, we're not uh, Des Moines, Iowa and it, the storms were coming and it was, it had rained. So the track was wet and I like, I'm like basically heel striking to keep myself on balance. Um, and so I think I ran, I think I ran like 146.9, closing like 26 to like, to, to win the heat. But I remember I, when I told Vidge about that, so then I take my spikes off and I use the horseshoe. Um, it's just, there's only one pin on the top. One remained. One, only one remained. And it was wow. the one that you didn't use. So when I told Vidge that, he, he just didn't say anything. and he just, just pissed. He just took them out and, oh, and, yeah. and walked away. He's like, you're not wearing these ones again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that um, super noticeable that you, you didn't have spikes in them? No. He was like, you looked. He was like, you all right? Like, you, you know, you were running kind of funny. I was like, he's like, is something hurt? I was like, I was like, no, I didn't have any pins in my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, he just like, a, like he saw a ghost. I but, have a kind of similar story, but I never, I don't think we ever told our coach Mick my fresh my <laughs> freshman year. So, do you know who Joe Hardy is? He was my, he was a Wisconsin teammate. I know that name, yeah. As freshman, like we like did, he was on episode like two. Oh, wow. Like, OG. Probably first five of the podcast. He lives in Seattle. He's from Seattle. And as freshmen, like we were the two freshmen that were competing for cross country for Wisconsin oh, nice. and the rest of the team were slightly older. Big deal. And they don't do this anymore. I think like we kind of ended this, but they would just room us together for everything. <laughs> Now they started, after that, they started doing a thing where they'll match up like freshmen with like older kids to kind of show them the ropes. But we were just like, we were just out of trouble. We were so dumb. Like there were so many times when um, we just did stupid stuff. Like we had regionals was at home, but we still stayed in a hotel the night. Make it feel like a meet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we got the time wrong for when the bus was coming. Oh my God. And... (laughs) Oh, you thought it was Eastern time? Yeah. <laughs> we thought it was Eastern time. Yeah. Our clocks were off for some reason, even though we were just down the road. And we get a knock on the door from our team captain, and we're both just, like, naked on our beds with our be- bags, like, fully, like, open. we're just showered. Like, we're just... Taking was, your time, yeah. Like, our bags were fully... We'd only there for one night, but somehow, like, our <laughs> stuff was everywhere. Man, we were just so stupid. Like, they hated us. And what happened at Nationals, <sighs> cross country, it was super muddy year at Terre Haute, and... I'm a size 11 and he's a size like 12 or so, like maybe 12 and a half. Like he's, he's a little bit bigger than I am. And we accidentally wore each other's spikes. And 
how did he f- i guess you can fit in a size See, under yeah that's, that's always my thing i'm like to me if, if you tried on a 10 yeah. you would know it that's the thing i'm always like like it's still kind of stupid that i didn't realize that i was wearing <laughs> a shoe that was like a size too big but i feel like a size too small is even worse you would feel that a lot i i, I think would. i think we were both just so nervous uh national cross is just like the most especially with the weather and stuff in Terre Haute, it's just the most nervous, nerve-wracking setting ever. But I realized, I didn't realize that I was wearing the wrong shoes in the race, but during the race, in some of the muddy sections, I was slipping. Like oh. my, my, my I'm like... I'm surprised you didn't lose it. Yeah, like my yeah. foot was sliding like inside the shoe and it was really weird. So then afterwards, I was like, oh yeah, that's why that makes sense. Was that 2014? 2014. Yeah, okay. Is that the year um, Ches won? Yeah, one of I guess he won. I guess he won a few of those. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, but yeah, wow. So that was my funny story. With Dude, Brian. that's, that's um, my shoe story. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, dumb freshman. Huh? I'm I'm uh, I'm also a size 11. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! But so yeah, that 800 meter win was just oh so so yeah so anyway so now we're in the final and I have the right shoes on and um so Jock Jock had already run 144 that year uh but he lost his conference meet to ryan martin from mm-hmm. uc santa barbara this is i don't even know what the name of their conference is but there's like they're just a bunch of california schools that are just living the dream on the coast and um so for for ryan martin for their conference meet to go 145 145 and then i think third place was 151 but n- nothing ag- nothing against those guys it's just like you don't see that very often no. and uh so for for jock to not even win his conference meet but then had already run 144 and it was, it was like, we knew it was going to be a battle. And like Corey Prim had run 144 that year from UCLA. Um, so there was, there was a lot of guys that were right around that, like 144, 145. And I had run 145 the year before at NCAAs in the prelim. But that year, my, my best was 146 from the, from that prelim without the spikes. And before that it was 147 at the regional, because I, I was just coming into shape, so I just didn't really have many races under me. But, Vid, you know, Vidge was, he was an incredible motivator, and he just knew exactly what to tell me to, like, keep me calm and keep me into the race. But he's like, Jock's going to go. He's like, he went out in 49 in the West region. He went out in 49 or 50 at, at his conference. Like, he's just he's just going to go. And though everyone's going to go with him. He's like, it's, it's, he's like, this is a really good field, but you're, you're not going to get caught like in the back like everyone's gonna go with it which is a bold thing to say yeah but But he's like just keep your eyes open and just keep trying to go around people if anyone's falling off but so i just stick my butt in lane one in last place for 600 meters and i come through and i'm in last place in 50 51 one or maybe it was 50 yeah 51 one and that was by far the fastest i'd ever gone out i had like all my races had been negative splits and uh so so Jock gets to 600 and like 115 and I'm like 118, I think. So I'm like kind of still, I'm just slowing down less than him. And with like 180 to go, just, I swing way wider than I thought I do, but I swing super wide and just get going. And those guys, I feel like those guys are moving in quicksand because I'm just like blowing by them. And not because I was running fast, but because they were just, <laughs> they just went out 115, 116. And um, it's like, you, as a fellow closer, you know what it's like when you're catching the guy. And I could just feel, I'm like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. 
And literally the step before the line, I just dip and we get him. And it was uh, just absolutely crazy. Uh, I was throwing up for 25 minutes after that. Like, <laughs> like not, no, like Vidge couldn't find me because I was just throwing up. It was, I just ran so hard. It was, yeah. uh, it was really cool. And, but Jock, Jock was so, so great afterwards. Like, he he was like yeah you know I ran as hard as I could he's he like, went for it he did he went he, yeah he raced like he's best race to that, win and it almost worked and it almost worked and like a, a week later a few weeks later he gets third at USA's and goes to Daegu for the world champs Great. and I got and I got dead last so <laughs> so I think uh, hindsight you know would you trade would you trade an NCA championship for a world championship berth um, that in that same season that's a great question for you I don't know I think. I think the, I want to say yes, just because of the way it played out. Like it's, it's such, it's one of the most, to me, and I think probably for a lot of other people as well, it's one of like the most legendary races ever. So I think just for like that fact in itself, I would say if you had never gone on to represent the US, oh, then it'd be different. Fair. But considering that I know that, you know, <laughs> you went on to have more success and do another time, I would say, you know, maybe that was the best way to work. It could have worked out because... You got your big NCAA win, which is huge, and especially yeah, running 144 as you you were only 20. Yeah, sophomore, yeah. As so, 20 year old sophomore, and then maybe getting your butt kicked at USA's was a good thing to. I mean, that's what happened to Donovan Brazier. Like it happens, <clears throat> it happens all the time, and then it keeps you motivated. I mean, you must have been. That is something I want to ask. Like when you're 20 years old and you win NCAA's in 144, like how do you feel? Are you just like, do you? Does it set in? Like, are you just like, I'm the best runner in the world? For for lack of better word, you're just dumb to it. Like, you just have no idea. Like, I I wasn't looking at, um, like, I didn't even know what the world standard was. Mm. I didn't know what the Olympic standard was. It wasn't until a year later, Vidge was like, well, you have the you have the Olympic standard. And I was like, what do you mean? What's an Olympic standard? <laughs> you know? so like, you just... All I cared about was winning the ACC meet. It's like I wasn't thinking in this grand big scheme about it. And it was um, – I just thought it was another race. And it was it was really cool. Mm-hmm. But then it's like it kind of hit me at that – at USA's um, where I was like, oh, man, like, you know, Nick Simmons hasn't run 144 yet this year. Yeah. Like – Dwayne Solomon hasn't run 144 yet this year. Like KD hasn't run 144 yet this year, and I I knew I wasn't. I knew I was losing fitness by like the day at that point. But still, like you know, we went in being like, dude, you can, you can win. You could you could win. You could make the team. Like yeah. you're gonna be. It, it was it was and that kind of like popped me a little bit. Um, so it was definitely a combination. But I. I had a blast. That was my first senior championship because the year before in 2010, I, w- I did the World Juniors with, with Kaz. Um, so that was my first senior championship. And um, it definitely helped me for uh, the next year, which was Olympic trials, um, just being like around the seniors because it was like, man, these guys are big and I'm just not that tall. And <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, it's you, like the, you looked very young you, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Little you know, Kadivis K- K- Robinson, like he finishes, he finished Rome, the diamond, Rome diamond league, like, um, in between the U S uh, NCAs and USAs. And like, so one of the interviewers asked him like, why are you here, man? He's like, for my family. Like I need money for my family, put food on the table. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, so like for you to be like, Oh, what, 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 what are you doing at NCAs? I'm like, Oh, I just thought it was another race. Yeah. But it's like, so it, that definitely was like eye opening. I'm like, man, this guy's like, 
these guys mean business. Like this is a business, and you know they they don't look at people as competitors. They they look at them as I I need to I need to beat you. Mm-hmm. So it was it was um definitely eye opening from that perspective. Because in the NCAA, it's like you know you, you get a bunch of goofballs, and you know kids are serious, especially especially now though. But like super not, serious now, but back then yeah, not that we weren't serious. Like you know I think like fourth place was one forty five one or something. Like it was like a really deep field. Um, that's going to be some of the deepest, like the 800 specifically has ever been. I, I, in terms of depth, probably because because yeah. you know Donovan and, and McBride they they ran much quicker. Um, but yeah, I feel like in terms of like top to bottom, guys. yeah, yeah, it was it was it was definitely a very solid year. Because um, even the year before, uh, Weeding won in 145, and then I was second in one. He was like 145, like six or seven, and then I was second in 146.8. So I, second place was a full second behind the winner, and then. I don't. I think last place was 146 in in that 2011 race. Oh wow! Well, I don't. Yeah. I think that could be. I could be pulling that out of my butt. But I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was. Um. It was really. It was really eye opening that that whole summer, and then um, to go back that fall. Uh, that was actually that fall. So now my junior year. Uh, that was my only year I ran cross country. And Vidge said, don't worry, like, you're, you're just going to be, like, sixth or seventh man. Like, you're not going to score. Like, but we just, you know, it'll be good training for you. And um, the team the team got had a lot of injuries, and I, I ended up being our second man. So, <laughs> not because I was running well, though. <laughs> kind of because the team kind of fell apart. Um, but then that was, so my last uh, NCAA race, my last race in a Virginia jersey was uh, NCAA Cross Country Regionals 10K. Wow. Which is pretty funny to think about. It is. It's kind of. It's not like a letdown, but it's like probably not uh, what you expected. Super anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy cross country? Or are you a classic eight eight hundred fifteen guy who hates cross country? Well, at that point, I was an eight, I was an eight hundred guy. Yeah, like, pure eight hundred. Yeah, like I, I I had run, I ran one fifteen hundred, my freshman year, and then I ran, the conference meet as a sophomore, so I ran two, and that was it. So like everything was on 800 uh, so you're like i'm definitely not racing cross like i'm an 800 guy yeah and like you know i was i was fine in high school um but like i, I didn't make foot locker really you know like i wasn't like um i definitely didn't trend towards the two mile <laughs> i cared way more about my four by four than i did my two mile yeah you you came from a speed background you told me you split a 47 in high school yeah yeah 40 47 47 7 47 8 um it was a it was a real split. It wasn't a, it wasn't my dad from like the top of the bleachers or anything like that's my boy running forty seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, and then uh, freshman year at ACC meet, I uh, I handed off in the lead in the four by four. You legit. I, I was third leg. Legit. And um, that's that's before uh, the merge with all the other schools. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was a pretty down year in terms of ACC four by four. But <laughs> still, it was pretty cool. You know, it was uh, yeah, that, that was fun. I split forty seven that day too. Yeah. Do you know who Austin Mudd is by chance? Oh yeah. Oh, Vid yeah. wanted him bad. Yeah. Yeah. So he he's a similar, I guess maybe he's yeah, a, similar eight fifteen guy. He was big man, and he was extremely talented. He had a really good close as well, and he was still around in Wisconsin my first two years. And Mick made him race cross country, and he was so funny about it because he he was just a really funny guy in general, but he would really play up. Like, he's like, I'm like an 800 guy. Like, why am I racing cross country? He would always, he would, every single time he would just say, you don't take a Ferrari on the grass. That was like, he's lying. Like, oh he man. Always Dude, say have, there, there's an Alan Webb, uh, quote. So I trained with Alan Webb for, for a year. Did you know that? I did not know that. So I trained with Alan Webb in that, that 2000, that fall of 11 to 
spring of 2012. Is he crazy? Um, he is, he's not crazy. He's just, he was so focused and determined that there was, he was, he was the best at blocking everything out. Like there was, there was zero distraction with that man. And it really showed. I mean, it was, and I, you know, I was still, I was like college age at that point. Like, um, it was like, and I, you know, I'm used to like just rolling out of bed, going to practice, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a got to roll out, got to get my electrolytes, got to uh, make sure my shoes are, are changed at the right time. Like it was just, and he was like, everything was just so dialed in. And cause this is, so this is 2012. So he was a few years past his American record, but you know, he, he fully believed he hadn't had his peak yet. And mm-hmm. I, I, watching him train, I believed it. Like he yeah. was, was insanely impressive. And like, you know, watching what you guys do now, I'm like, you know, web web could train with you guys. <laughs> you know, he, he, like he could do that. Yeah, he was amazing. He was he was he was incredible. Like, but like, you guys are good, and like I think like you guys are really you guys are the best. But like, I'm like I've I've seen Web do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. I couldn't do it, but Web could do it. <laughs> uh, but so he said. Uh, so in Virginia, there's a ton of single track trail called on the Ravana Trail, and that was like the only place we ran, and we always rolled our ankles. And I remember like asking like we were going on a run, and I like just went to the trail, and he's like. What kind of trail is that? And I was like, a, a running one. I don't. You can walk on it. The, the, a walking trail. The one we run on. I don't know. And he's like, you don't take a Ferrari off road. Yeah. And we turned around and you know, but like it's, dude, yeah. it's it, it, you're right. Yeah. It's it, you, why why risk getting hurt not on a run or like on a run or whatever. It makes you sense. know. It's uh so that that's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, he was just he but, was just so funny about it. Mm-hmm. He would send I don't know if you remember this is like a very obscure meme reference, but there was a popular meme at that time where there was like a young kid racing cross country and their parents parents was feeling them and he's just crying. And he would just send that to Nick as well. He like, send that me. to Nick. Yeah, he'd be oh, like, this is great because he only raced like two. See, we have big meets at Wisconsin. That's the thing. So he would go do those, but just like the B race and just like. You know, he just do his thing. Like, you know, there's no pressure or anything for him. But he do the would, best you can, buddy. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So yeah, I don't even know how we end up talking about that. Uh, Eight hundred guys running cross. Eight hundred guys running cross. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to ask you, because you kind of touched on a lot about your, I don't know if ignorance is the right word. It's not. It's yeah. just like youthfulness. Yeah. No. Lack of experience. Dude, ignorance is bliss, man. Ignorance is bliss. A hundred percent. Do you, because I kind of feel like this sometimes, mm. do you wish at times that you could go back to that more ignorant state when you didn't know as much as you know? Because, I mean, the reality is like this, you can, running, you know, once you go through the sport as a professional, you learn so, so, so much. And, you know, there's like so much you can be doing and there's so much stuff that is in your control, out of your control. I think sometimes if you just didn't like know about all that, you'd be like better off. You just would not be stressful, like not have the same stress. But, you know, as you go through it, you're like, especially when you're dealing with injuries and stuff, you're like, I could be doing this, 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 this. I got to like go to bed at this time. I mean, I'm pretty big on like my routine and taking care of other stuff. But has that been something that you, I don't know if you would have ever had that thought where you're like, man, why can't it just be like the good old days where I just, (laughs) I just didn't think. Uh. Yes. Yes, and no. Yeah, <laughs> i i wouldn't I wouldn't trade the experiences I had for anything. Yeah. So for me to have the awareness to learn from those, and 
you know, ultimately now pass that on, pass those lessons on to Josette and, and my friends, of course, uh, is, um, like you, you can't, you can't buy that from anyone. And it's so, it sucks that you have to go through that at the time, but I would not train, trade, um, what I've learned through those overthinking situations for anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, mostly cause I, I do, I want to get into coaching. So it's, it's, um, yeah, I, I do think it's helpful to have some of those, a lot of those experiences. I think it's essential. It's, yeah. You know, and, um, especially if, um, from the injuries side point, um, stand of view stand, yeah. standpoint, um, to have that, to kind of have gone through that. And it's a, yeah, it sucks, but it's like, yeah, I, you know, I've had, I've had planner before. Yeah. I know, I know what to, I know what to expect. I know how to handle it. And, mm. it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it was definitely nice to just like show up to the race and just tear some faces off and just be like, yup, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> and, into the yeah and, and, um, just go to the beach the next day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, um, I think, I think ultimately that that'll hold you back. And, um, cause I, it's funny cause I had like, I hadn't, I didn't know. I didn't even look at the West region results that year. Yeah. Vidge had to tell me that Charles went out in 49. Mm-hmm. Like, I, but like the thought of like not even looking at that right now is crazy. I'm like, I was looking at the splits of like the B heat from Portland track fest. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck did Matt Wisner closing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so it's, it's, um, it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it was, I mean, I know that you feel this way. Probably it's just so good for you that you had a coach like Vidge that could look out for you and take care of you. But at the end of the day, yeah. Uh, this sport always comes down to the individual. You can't really have a coach. I mean, you see it in some scenarios, but you can't have a coach hold your hand to a, like an Olympic gold medal. Like you have to no. be the one Absolutely in not. the driver's seat at the end of the day. And yeah, that's just reality. And so to learn how to do that, yeah, you have to go through the tough times. It can't always be easy. Otherwise, you're just not going to learn yeah. Yeah. these lessons. You're absolutely right. And uh, that's actually, I remember, um, I remember saying that in an interview uh, when I kind of flip-flopped when I went, when I let, was leaving gags, going back to Vidge. And I was like, well, it's me on the starting line. Like it doesn't, nothing else really matters, but what I feel and what I think. And if, if I think and feel that I'm going to run my best with Vidge in my ear, then that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. That so, makes total sense. Yeah. So that it's, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. One, yeah. this is like kind of an aside, then we'll get back into your story. Do you think that it's weird that I feel like maybe it's just a coincidence in the era that we're talking about the 800 like 2011 but just kind of around that time in general the 800 was a race so different in my mind there was all these like heavy hitters who just had the <laughs> biggest closes and they would all just go out in like last place and because weeding would do a similar thing yeah you had nick simmons, simmons yeah trying to do the same thing mm-hmm. um so yeah that's actually very that's that's um so i because Clayton Clayton Murphy is, uh, he's you know obviously he's an anomaly. He, he has an Olympic medal, but he he does not like being in last because it's usually not the best place to be. Got a lot but, of ground to make up. But he, I would say, and Donovan same like Donovan he he's run it that way as for like tactical reasons. But when he set his American record, he just said no, I'm out of here. Like when he's running his best, he's in the front 
just front running it like a Rudisha. And Clayton is he really likes to be that mid pack or like that not mid pack yeah in the mid in the mid pack or like second or third kind right, of like yeah, stalking his way up. yeah right and um yeah like so seeing like Simmons and you know Simmons when he had, when he got his uh, his world medal uh, I think he got I think he got a silver medal in 2013 yeah. he he starts in last like the first 200 but the home stretch from 300 to 400 he hammers that to get in better positioning so he like staying in last place until 200 meters to go, generally not a great strategy. Yeah. If if you're trying to beat guys that are as good as you or better, like it's really really hard to like make up that much ground unless they run really poorly and went out way too fast, and then they're gonna have like a really bad blow up. But you, it's impossible to predict that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like but Simmons was um, I mean, I, I forget how many how many titles he won at U.S. titles he won, but and you just knew well, you just knew he was going to be not maybe in loss, but just pretty much at the back of the field, right? Yeah. You just like you just knew like there was no other way that he was going to run it, yeah, almost every time. And it's kind of because he was he comes from the the mile, or he ended up being coming more from the fifteen. Like it's it's tough when you're racing guys that can split forty four. Like the, it's a different kind of speed. Yeah. It's it's um like it even just like training with guys that are that are like 45 open guys or 44 split it's like they can just move and mm-hmm. it's it's really impressive but then like on the cool down they're like you know little puppy dogs you know yeah. but like, <laughs> i just i actually in college that's really funny i always remember being like oh man i wish this was a mile like looking at the field because i'm like all these 400 guys and i'm like oh man i just yeah what if this field was running a mile today yeah. that'd be so funny be crushing yeah but uh it was um yeah, that's really it's. Do so you think it's more just changed. a coincidence that like some of the best runners just happen to come from a more strength background, and that's just how a strength guy is going to race an eight hundred? Totally. Yeah. It's if you if you ask a if you ask a strength guy. So and a strength guy, you know, phrases whatever you want to say, but like if you ask a guy who's better at the mile than the four hundred to try to get to the front in twenty three, yeah. like that's not going to set him up to run his best. Yeah, like he, like that kind of runner. Most likely, I don't. I haven't seen too many milers be able to do that now. That's it's different than when when it, if it's like if you're trying to run like you know 148 or something like you know you because then you can negative split that or something like like watching Josh Kerr um, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Like watching him, he he made a great move on the home stretch to get into better positioning, but he didn't get there at 200 because they were like 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. Well, then Quebec hit the bricks, but yeah. still, it's um. Yeah, that's just kind of the way it goes. I don't know. It's. I think it was just coincidence, I would yeah. say. Yeah. What do you think? I think that's probably it. And then, yeah, you got some anomalies. Like, yeah, Clayton's probably a good example of an anomaly because he could rip a crazy 1,500. But I think he's 400 split is like a 45. Or yeah. Oh, he's yeah, he's fast. So he's, he's Dude, he's scary. When he, dude, seeing him come into form right now, he is, he's scary right now. Yeah. yeah. So, I just, just kind of an interesting thought that came to my mind because yeah. it's always so exciting when you have in the 800 someone come from the back because i mean you think of like dave Wardle. oh yeah you think of like it just like there's been some really exciting races where like that's how it's, it plays out the 800 i think is the greatest meeting meeting of the minds in a way it's yeah. like you you just you have there's so many ways there's so many splits i guess to to run the same time and uh yeah it, it can look really funny in the race but it, it's it's really cool to see like totally different athletes i mean look look at a thing mo it's like yeah. she she can run 49 she's then she had the ncaa record in the 400 and 
she's gonna try to run a really good 15 but it's like you're and then she's running against um uh who's a good example of a 15 uh, sage. 15, eight. sage. Sa- oh yeah, Sa- uh, Sage heard of Clecker. Ever heard of her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, so for Sage to train train like a a four hundred eight girl would probably wouldn't work great for her. Yeah. But for Mo Mo to train like Sage probably wouldn't work for her either. Yeah, it's it's funny because you're hundred percent right. Where it's the only event where you have, I mean, maybe a little bit in the mile fifteen hundred, but it's the only event where you have like someone that runs like twenty miles race a week <laughs> racing against someone that runs like eighty miles a week. Actually, yeah, you yeah. know, like you because I mean, you have some guys that don't even like count mileage because they're so sprinter based. You know, yeah. it's 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 wild. Yeah. So hmm. it is interesting then looking at those kind of years of like 2011, 2012, your transition from the eight hundred to the fifteen hundred. How did that come about? Because you said... It's a great story, yeah. You were an 800 guy. <laughs> but then you ended up... Did you make the Olympics in 2012? No. 2016? 16, yeah. The 1500? 15, yeah. So how did you transition? Like, how did that happen? So in in um, so in 2012, uh, the year after the NCAA, the NCAA win, uh, I, I was hurt again during the indoor season, uh, my, my planner naturally dude uh, it's kind of a hack getting injured during indoors though i think it's actually ends up working in a lot of people's favor it, sometimes the trajectory it's all about the trajectory <laughs> yeah. and like you know some t- like i mean look at joe last year you yeah. know he, he hurt his foot indoor and then he, he wins the u.s title yeah that's just another example yeah <laughs> uh, so i i ended up hurting my foot so i didn't run indoor that year and um then when i was training with alan and vidge outdoor uh you know, we very much, the goal was very much Allen in the 15 and me in the eight. You know, I don't think Vidge wanted like mm. two guys. It's kind of like. It's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also like I had no business running a 15. Like my, my best at that point was 340 and I'd only run two of them. It's like, why would That's I, crazy. why would I run the 1500? Uh, so we, we get to uh, the Olympic trials. Um, well, so I, so then that, that summer at, at, um, at Oxy, you remember Oxy? Oxy. Oh yeah, the Oxy invite. At, at, yep. Um, so at that at Oxy, I ran three thirty four, getting third to Mo Farah and Galen Rupp, and then Leo Manzano was fourth. So it was like it's funny looking back on that. I'm like that was twenty twelve. I was like, damn it, why didn't I get a medal? <laughs> <laughs> so we ran. I ran three thirty four, closing in fifty three, and what was your goal going into that race? If you Oh, run like three thirty-seven. Make just get a, U, a, a U.S. time. Crazy. And because because Webb was in the race too, and he was just like looking for for like a some momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, but so at that point, I had run so that at and then a few weeks after that, I ran one forty-five flat uh, at the New York Diamond League, which used to exist. Uh, and uh, so I was I was like, well, I think I'm just ready for the rounds, and like I think one forty-five. I know I'm gonna run a lot better. Um, because I, I was so nervous. That was my first race as, as an Adidas athlete. Mm. So I was insanely nervous for that. Uh, and um, But so then we get a week, uh, a few days before the trials, we fly out. And uh, my hamstring kind of grabs on me. And I was like, uh-oh. Like, what do I say to Vidge here? Um, so luck, But luckily, you know, somewhat, I guess, uh, the 800 is the first uh, four days. And then the 1500 is the second four days. So we ended up scratching the 800 and running the 1500 because I needed a few more days before I could run on my hamstring. Wow. So leading into that Olympic trials, I had run four total 1500s. 
and I was about to run hopefully three. Yeah. But it, and it, you know, it went, it went fine. Uh, again, I got, I got so nervous in the, before the final, uh, there's actually, there's a picture from the semifinal where it's, um, it's, it's Leo and Matthew going one, two, and then I'm like sitting on them and the guys behind us are like gritting their teeth, fighting so hard. And the three of us are just kind of like cruising. Looking good. And you know, he's like, how'd you feel? I was like, good. Like, you know, this feels, this feels nice. Mm -hmm. I like it way more than the 800. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you're going to make the team. And now that, you know, Weeding, Weeding won his heat. I think he closed in like 51. Him and Will Lee are closing like 51 to run like, you know, whatever. They, they were in shape. They were in great shape. So like for him, but like, it was going to be a really good battle for third. Um, And it, it ended up being a good battle. Uh, uh, Weeding, Weeding just got the best of all of the rest of us and he kind of outlasted us. I think I would say his experience from that, from the previous few years and like having already made an Olympic team is kind of what pushed him there. Like that would give him a big advantage. Mm-hmm. And because uh, then I, I, four years later, having had an Olympic trials experience, I felt so much more confident and, and I, w- I was in better shape. But still, it, I, I do think experience is really hard to to beat at times it's i'm really excited to see centro at us champs this year because it, it's uh it's his ex- he has so much more experience than these guys and yeah. um just gotta have the you, you do need you do need fitness yeah, yeah they're, just, they're just so good now <laughs> yeah it really it, i want centro to do well so bad i do too is he would you say he's like looking at like the us and all that and especially yeah you went on to run the fifth did you go into just like after that championship were you like i'm a 1500 meter guy or are you still like i'm an 800 guy? um it's so then the next year i i tried to go back to the 800 um but like i i um i was hurt and i, I just wasn't in the headspace for it but I, I also wasn't in the headspace for the 15 uh and then in 14 with gags gags was like you're you're an 800 meter guy and so i i kept running the 800 and like it's not that i was running bad i was running 146s it's just when you've run 144 and like you're still 22, you're like, well, why am I getting worse? Like I should yeah. be getting better at this point. And and my 15 also wasn't getting better. Like I hadn't, I wasn't even breaking 340 at that point. So I was like, I was just really frustrated with with running in general. Uh, and then when when I went back to Vig, uh, the workouts for the 1500 were just feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, I think it was just kind of a natural progression. Um, and I think more so it just, it suited my running style a lot to like be closing down and, and, and being able to like not control how hard you run, but like it just, I just felt way more in control on a 15 than an 800. And uh, because the 800, like, you know, being in last yeah. place with 200 to go, it's like, I wouldn't say I was in control of that race. Like yeah. I definitely was not. Um, and, uh, but in, in the 15, like, I, I felt like I felt like I had way more to give in the in the fifteen. Yeah, you could position yourself a bit better yeah. and like be more competitive like throughout the race and set yourself up for like that big close. Yeah, and in the eight, I like I honestly don't know how much. I mean, I never ran faster. That's still my PR. Yeah, and so like I don't know how much better I was gonna get. I did. I you know of course I wanted to run faster and I thought I was gonna be a one forty three guy. Like I I had thought about the American record at one point, you know, but it it just um. Yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't in the cards and the fifteen just kinda came really naturally. So like, it was um kind of an easy, easy transition. Mm-hmm. 
So my question was going to be, would you say Sancho became like your kind of biggest rival? Man, I mean, dude, no one could beat him. I mean, yeah. Leo Leo was the only guy that could beat him. Um, but it, it's and then when I when I did beat him at the U.S. Championships in 2017, that was the year after he won the Olympic gold. He was going to all these events as Olympic champion. Yeah, he had got he him. got he was hurt. US he, he said he was in Vegas for like the month before that. He shows up with bleached hair. We're like, oh boy, this guy. Like, what what happened to this guy? But he, so I, it was like not really much of a rivalry because um, the trials he won by almost a second. And then in 2016, he won by over almost a second. And then in 15, he had, he beat the field. I got second in that race, 2015. He beat, he beat, he beat second, third and fourth by two seconds. Jesus. It was like, that's a wild race. If you, I would watch that one next for, for all you YouTube guys out there. Yeah. His last um, 600 is 119. <laughs> which is 52 pace that is crazy but that's you know that's something that um he really he really worked on was his speed that year he, he ran 144 that year that was his 800 pr 2015 and then he i don't know if he's ever said it but i give a lot of his olympic gold credit to his 800 ability from the year before because to close in 50 point you need to be fast like yes you need to be strong but he needed that 144 speed to be able to to do that fifty point, yeah, because other guys in the field can do that. Yeah, McCluffy got second in the eight hundred that year. He went one forty. I think he ran one forty two. You know, yeah. it's like it's it's um now that's again that's a generation ago now <laughs> than the races you're seeing now. It's crazy but, to think like how that the the tactics in it. You know, it's crazy to think how quickly things can change. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know that when you look back on like Sancho, or even like looking back at like. I know, you know, like looking back, like in what you do, but it's like going to be so legendary. I mean, you're know, like, yeah, I just told you, like I used to watch your 800 meter race to pump me up for races, but it's... Thanks, Marks. I do find it funny that like Sancho has, he gets a lot of, sh- I don't know if he still gets a lot of shit. He got a lot of <laughs> shit when he tried to go head to head with Cole Hawker. Do you remember that? And oh. all the young kids like hated him. And like, do you know who you're like disrespecting? I know this is Matt Sancho. Oh, it's like... Dude, if, uh, <laughs> when, uh, who, who, who is the kid, uh... Uh, Christmas, Christmason, I forget. Is that his name? I forget the kid from New Gen. New, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, know who you're talking about. But I can't he, his name. Carter, Carter, yeah, Carter. Carter. When um, dude, if if I'm like, if he, if you're currently on the Oregon team and you're shitting on your Olympic gold medalist who's <laughs> yeah, an alumni, that's crazy to think about. Like the the balls you need to have, man. It's like. Yeah. I'm all for like pumping up Cole and Cooper, you know, it's like, you know, it, you can do that, but do not forget what, yeah. what came through that track before you. And, you know, Centro, I think it's just the fact that they're like racing each other. Yeah, so it's, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like in the moment almost. Of course. Like, of course. Yeah. Whenever like Matt Centro retires and you look at his career as a, as a whole, it's going to be like, wow. 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 <laughs> you know, wow. He, he, his, he, he got his first medal in 2011. Yeah. It's crazy. That was a while ago. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's twenty-one year old. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, do you think he's gonna come back this year? Make the team? What I'm really curious. I has he said who's coaching him right now? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. I think he's. I think he said he's coaching himself right now. Interesting. And I would. But you know he has been doing this a long time. I just. I kind of like what I was saying before. Like I think he, he needs the right guy chirping in his ear. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because he's, he's this... Because once he gets some momentum going, he's really scary. And I think, I think uh, you know, he didn't have the race he wanted at Portland Track. But, like, L.A., like, watching L.A., like, him running, closing down with Johnny and Prakel, it's like, and, and Drew, it's like, I mean... Those are the guys kind of going to be fighting for the team, you know. You know, you throw in, you throw in, in yard and and um, you know, the two guys that finished or the guys yeah, that yeah. finished ahead of them, Cooper and Hobbs. But like, you know, in a in a tactical race, it's like yeah. that's going to be the final. Mm-hmm. So like, for him to be saying he's a year out of surgery, maybe not this year, but I think in a year from now, like, if he stays healthy again and, and he has the right guy chirping in his ear or, or the right team chirping in his ear, I think um. I think he he still his talent is is undeniable. Yeah. Yeah, I know nothing about his training setup. See, that's the type of stuff that it is sad. Like we do get we do miss out on because he'd be someone who'd be really interesting to have a camera following him around. And oh my gosh, seeing how he operates that would be so fun. Can you so, can you imagine? Yeah, let's make that happen. Let's do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's do you first. Okay. <laughs> We're trying. Yeah. So you mentioned your win at USA's in the fifteen hundred and twenty seventeen. Was that Kind of like one of the highs of your career, would you say? Yeah, I, I would. It's really hard to compare that to an Olympic trials because an, an Olympic trials, um, you would take third place in Olympic trials over, over pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Like getting on that team is, is so life changing. It's the dream. Yeah, but then, so like having that, like in my back pocket, knowing that I already had that, to to then win especially over someone who I respect as much as Matthew, it's like, it, it was like, it was so cool. And mm-hmm. to be, I was second the two years before that. So like to, to feel that I was like coming on and like, just, I wasn't even, I was like still improving. It, it was, it was a really validating run for me. And, um, I was, yeah, I'm really, really proud of that run, but it's, uh, it's really, it's hard to compare that to like the Olympic trials. Yeah. Cause I, I think my, my, um, my race was better at the trials uh, to, to secure my spot on a team. I think I ran a better race there, but to, to try and win, to win USA's the next year, um, I definitely took a bigger risk and like risked getting fourth mm-hmm. to try to win in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a funny race, but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, but I think beating beating an, an Olympic champion is, is pretty yeah, cool. The next year, yeah, the next year that was pretty cool. No, like, very he, recent memory. He, he did have bleached hair, you know, so it, it was like <laughs> he, he, he was he, he was not on the top of his game to, to be. It's the only year he didn't at a world championship or Olympics that he didn't make the final. It was twenty seventeen, crazy yeah. or or nineteen nineteen? But at that yeah. point, at that point, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So were those those years 2016, 2017, You were training with Vidge. Would you say those are the years that like things were really clicking? Yeah, that's like, you know, yeah. yeah. It was uh, not just the thing, right formula. Yeah, not that things were easy because um, you, you know we we put a lot of work into getting that set up, but it was it was when we had the least amount of distractions, mm-hmm. and uh, it was we just we were always on the same page, and the the races the races just made a lot of sense, and um, yeah. Like the the goals were just always we we yeah we just really we were really sink, sinking up at that mm-hmm. point and um the just like the workouts that Vidge would come up with it was just like looking back it's just so cool to be like how did you know to give me that <laughs> yeah and he's like I, I just watch you run man yeah <laughs> yeah I think you're always kind of gonna look at those time periods with some you know rose 
tinted lenses, but it's absolutely. I think it's very true when when things make sense, when things are more simple. That's when things are gonna just go well for you. And I mean, it sounds easy, very hard to actually well, make happen in dude, our world. Dathan does an incredible job yeah. of trying to make things simple for you guys. <laughs> like it's it's uh it's really really impressive to like see the effort that that he puts in for you guys and mm-hmm. just because coming from the le- uh the setup that josette and i had the last few years like things felt more difficult yeah just it's just it was a smaller operation for one and um you know with justin was injured so it was like there were and the team just wasn't as big so like there weren't as many people traveling to races so it was, it was at times she felt like she was on her own a lot and then i was i was lucky enough to have the time to, to travel with her for a lot of that mm-hmm. so like we just we just kind of had to make it our own, our own thing. Like we had a, we just kind of took control of it and, and made it that, you know, this is Josette's camp, Josette's mm-hmm. uh, uh, trip, you know, and then try to organize it like that. But, um, so now to, to walk into what some of the infrastructure that Dathan has set up and built from like pretty much nothing is, is, uh, it's really cool. To like. Yeah. And you don't take it for granted. No, not at all. Like, you know, her, her being able to travel with George from LA to to St. Moritz and like having Dathan waiting in the airport or train station for them. It's like, you, you, you just don't, you, where else are you going to get that? Yeah. It's, it's, Little uh, things. it's really, really cool. Yeah. Having a nice gym that you guys yeah. live walking distance from. Pretty nice with Josette. Thanks Josette. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it was, um, things were just really, really sinking and, uh, like I, I really wasn't taking it much time off from running just cause I was like, I was so healthy yeah. and, um, my training partners were, you know, we were all like kind of on the same page and like, God, Anthony, dude, the things that Anthony and Patrick and Peter and Russell would do to like make workouts and practices. It's like, it just blows my mind. Like how amazing it was. And, you know, you know, like I said, having my dad and my sister to, and my mom to support me, it's like, it's, it's just, special. It, it's really, yeah, it's really, really cool. There's always like times like that there's always like a magic about it and you can't you can't make the magic you can't manufacture it it's just there and you gotta make the most of it while it's there and then and for whatever reason it, it goes eventually and that's that you gotta look back and just reminisce i guess but. yeah yeah and like you know i i uh yeah been a lot of a lot of like coulda woulda shoulda the last few years but i i i just you know i got a little unlucky got you know maybe i got a little greedy i don't know but i just I got sick at the wrong time and I, I didn't make necessarily the best decisions getting healthy and COVID wasn't very helpful, but I, um, then my, my Achilles, it's like, I just, it kind of like, it seemed like once I slipped off the path, I just kept kind of tumbling down mm-hmm. and, um, I know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, for a don't even start, man. <laughs> you are, you no, I'm fine. pretty, I'm pretty fine. sure he ran 15 miles at 440 pace today I at wish. altitude uphill. I wish. <laughs> Working my way back there slow and steady. Not not stepping off the path this time. Gonna no. be back. Do it right. That's right. But I don't want to spend too much time about this because I imagine it's just like really fucking annoying. But what was the Lyme disease story? Oh my gosh. So I um so this was twenty eighteen. Um and so it's a year after US championship and uh I had I was a little banged up at that <laughs> sound like a broken record. It was a little banged up that summer afterwards. Um, but I, uh, training had been going fine, but I noticed I'd started getting like really bad headaches. Like I, I would kind of get headaches, like, I don't know from like, whatever I would just, I would get headaches a lot, but then these were kind of different. Uh, and they were 
more kind of naggy. Like it was just yeah. like, oh man, like very painful. God, yeah, it was just like, man, this it's like something doesn't feel right. And um, like I remember before uh, a Swarthmore race that year, it was like my season opener. I didn't even shake out beforehand because I just I just had such a bad headache. And then after the race, I got sick, um, and it was like I shouldn't have gotten sick. Like I I shouldn't have thrown up, but like. I did, and I was like, yeah, I, had a, I just have a headache, and, you know, they're just like, huh, like, all right, that's weird, uh, and then, so I ran a few more races, and, like, they went they went pretty well, but, again, it was like, things were just not really flowy as much, like, yeah, it was... things didn't feel right. No, they did not, um, mostly, like, my sleeping, like, I just, I was always tired, and I'm a, I'm a sleepy guy, I'm a sleepy <laughs> bear, uh, <laughs> but this was, this was getting a little... A little out of hand, I would say. I was like, man, yeah, I really shouldn't be needing to sleep this much. Like, I've been doing this a long time. Like, I don't need, I shouldn't it's be. Not, you know, you just knew it wasn't normal. Yeah, I know what a normal amount of tired <laughs> is from running 70 miles a week is. And so then a, a few races, I just like, the the only way to describe it is like a light switch would just go off. Like, I would just be done. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, so Vi- I actually, I hadn't seen Vidge for a while because just because the, the NCAA meets were going off and he's like, what's going on? Like, you know, like, he's like, you know, after a race or something, he's like, are you like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. I just don't feel good. And he, he saw me for a workout after like a bad race and he saw the switch go off and he's like, uh, uh, like, that's not right. That's not right. And, and I had gotten tested for iron and like, uh, you know, vitamin D, vitamin B, uh, like we, we, we were pretty thorough with it. Um, cause, and I, cause I, I like to get, to get that test like a couple of times a year just to stay on top of it. So those numbers were like definitely fine. Like nothing that was like, oh yeah, you're just anemic or, oh yeah, you have no vitamin B. So no wonder you have no energy. And, uh, it just, I don't know how else to describe it other than, yeah, I would just be, I'd be in it. I'd be focused, trying my hardest. Like I want to do nothing more than knock this workout out and just like, yeah. Oh no. Like that was like going from like, a 68, like if I'm running, I'm trying to run like K's or like whatever, going from like say 70 to like an 85. Mm-hmm. And it's so, like, so initially it wasn't in workouts, but it started coming into your workouts. Initially, yeah. So initially it was, and then it was more the races. Yeah. And I think it was the adrenaline. Like my adrenal glands were just so fried from fighting this disease. Um, and so I, I ended up having two co infections with the Lyme, and one of them attacks red blood cells. So they were just attacking all my oxygen. So like it made sense that I was having a hard time breathing and having a hard time like exerting a lot of energy. And, um, you know, we found that out like months later. But then to to try and cure it, try to, try to attack it, we went the holistic approach and that just did not work at all. What does that mean? We, we went to some... Do you drink a lot of green tea? Uh... We went to some cool doctors. Yeah. Um, I guess cool. I don't know if cool is the right word. We went to a lot of doctors and um, we were doing some unorthodox stuff. Like, uh, the yeah, we, we were... Um, my, we're mom, my mom's going to be listening to this right now. She's going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. She's an she's a infectious diseases specialist. Well, I wish you, you, told, I wish you told me that on your visit to Princeton. Yeah, you should have gone to her. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> and because uh, my sister had had Lyme and she went down that route and ended up running her best times that the next 
the next year. So it like worked for her. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, uh, but I think it was the co-infections for me that were really, cause they it essentially just like masked the symptoms. And then once I started racing again, uh, that next winter, um, so for like, it was, it was during the summer that I started feeling the worst. And then, uh, the treatment ended up working, like kind of working. I could train, like I was running 70 miles again, like, which is my full volume. And then by the, that winter, as soon as I started racing again, I was like getting sleepy again. I, I couldn't like really look you in the eyes. It was, it was, that's going to be the most frustrating thing. Well, yeah. And that's when I was kind of first dating Josette and she's like, what's this guy doing? What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> like I, I, it was really frustrating. Like the, the, the fact that Josette stuck with me through like <laughs> my sleepy bear phase is, is like, you know, for her to see me who I was through that is pretty incredible. So she's, uh, she's a good girl and, uh, yeah, I'm really lucky to have her. <laughs> But, well yeah dude that is just like so sad so that so then <laughs> so then that summer after that summer when things like were just they went from worse to worser and uh i went and got uh some antibiotics going and Wait, is this still 2018 or is this 2019 now this is 2019 now a whole year later a whole year later yeah, yeah. and um and it, within that i had uh some bone spurs removed from my ankle because my ankle i just had no dorsiflexion uh, so I got those bone spurs removed to try to get my calf better, mm-hmm. which ended up working. But, um, you know, so I had a surgery and I had, and I was still not recovering from Lyme very well. So that was kind of a double whammy. So that, so that summer of racing was like, it, I couldn't, it wasn't even a thought. And then that next fall, so fall of 19. So we're not even at the 19 world championships yet in, in October, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm able, I'm finally like, I'll never forget when I, I woke up one day and I just, it was like someone turned the lights back on. Wow. It was so weird. But I'm like, I come downstairs and my, my mom, she's, she like, she likes looking at you in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, Robbie, do you feel better? <laughs> and I was like, yes. She's like, oh my God, you're back. That's amazing. <laughs> it was, it was real. I'm like, did I look that bad? Like, oh my God. But it was, um, it was really, really cool. And, uh, I was, uh, I went gluten-free for a while, uh, gluten and dairy-free for a while, and I think that helped me a lot too. Uh, it definitely, if nothing else, it gave me structure to my more structure to my diet, and that was really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I only I ended up only doing that for probably six months, and then I kind of started integrating it back in because I, I just I, I just love me a sandwich, man. And so now we're at the point where I'm, I'm, I'm fine with gluten again. So it wasn't celiac or anything. It was just kind of a gluten intolerance. Yeah. And uh, I think I just kind of, my body might've just needed a break from it or it was trying to like find something to get rid of the, it was fighting off everything that it could. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. But um, so then since then uh, the Lyme has been like not even a question. So since basically since 2020. Yeah. Well, thank God that story hasn't. Oh. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I've gotten back to running well, but it's it's um, in terms of like being a sleepy bear and like being able to life. hold a conversation, general, general, general life. life. Yeah, like everything is. I would say it's back. Like this is how I remember feeling. Like yeah. it's it's uh, I don't know. I'm still pretty funny. I'm still pretty witty. Mm, you know, I got go that far. Yeah, you laughed in the parking lot the other day. <laughs> Fine. So it's it's uh, things have been going um, pretty really really well since in terms of Lyme since then. Yeah. I just uh. I had Achilles surgery in March of 2020, and um, that was 
ended up being a good thing because my Achilles really hurt, but that just uh, took a long time to get back, get my feet back under me. And, um, you know, I'm, I was happy to be training again, especially out in Boulder. It's like, I, it's so beautiful out here. Like, you know, I'm being surrounded by seeing you guys and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, helping Josette and Alicia out in a lot of their workouts in the, in the winter. It was, it was just really cool. And, you know, I, I definitely, uh, kind of got the bug a little bit again. I'm like, I think, you know, I, yeah, I can I like watching yard run. I'm like, I can beat him. <laughs> it's like, well, it's why, why not? Why not? So it, you know, it's, it's been really nice to be, um, to be around, around you guys. And, uh, I, I definitely want to, want to give it another shot at least, yeah. at least the run more year. So like everything I was just saying about Matthew, I was really saying about myself. <laughs> it's like, I just, I just want to give it one more shot. And I, I know if he can do it, I think, uh, I'll give myself a chance to, to do it too. Hey, why not, man? Yeah, why not? You got to chase those dreams while you still can. These kids aren't getting any younger, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, I think we'll start to wrap up here. But one final kind of question I had in wrapping up is you kind of have mentioned a bit how you've taken on a very supportive role with Josette in particular, kind of like towards the end of the Reebok contract when like, yeah, things were a bit weird with the team and stuff. Kind of like you and it through that mindset, what are the main things or one thing, couple of things that, you know, you find yourself saying a lot to her, like kind of from your experience in terms of like what is important as a professional runner or just a runner in general, what are like kind of like, what's kind of your like mindset with trying to help out someone else that you're so close to? Definitely. You're right. I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's probably the number one. You're right. I'm wrong. Partner, that's correct. Yep. And that's oh, wow. You look so nice today. You were beautiful. <laughs> oh my keep, God. Just affirmations. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been, it's been really, really, really cool to see Josette's uh, trajectory in the sport. Um, she was, she was a high school phenom. I don't know if, I don't know if you know that she was really, really good in high school mm-hmm. and um, coming from a, a small school in North Jersey where not really known for the running trails. She played basketball until her junior year of high school. Like she was just, she was a mega talent and she got a little, un- she got really unlucky in college pretty much until her fifth year um, where she was finally healthy. And then uh, that was 2019 at, in Austin. I don't know if you remember uh, running NCAs there or not. No. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember watching you either. Uh, and so she, she just when I when when her and I first started dating, she had just found out she had a femoral stress fracture from getting bit by a dog that winter. That's crazy. So then three months later, she had a femur, femoral stress fracture exactly opposite of where the bite was. So it was just like her body just went into overdrive to try to correct, to try to heal, and it just snapped her femur. It's crazy. crazy. So so then because um, that was her senior year. And I'm like, oh, finally, she's going to graduate. Like, you know, we start dating. She's going to start. She's going to graduate, move up to New Jersey. And she's. And then as soon as she, she redshirted, she's like, I'm going back for her fifth year. I was like, no, I can't be going down year. to college Another anymore. Year. Dating in college, girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, it just took her a long time. You, you know, femoral stuff is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Almost as frustrating as sacrum stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it just took her a long time to, to kind of get back into running. But... Um, I just, I remember um, something that, this is something Josette would say, is uh, I would just like kind of ask her how her runs would go on any given day. And I remember 
uh, she used to just be like, good. Or like, like, you know, one word, quick answer, you know, whatever. And then after a while, she, she'd be like, why do you keep asking about my run? Yeah. And I'm like, I just, I, I, you know, I love it when my dad or Vidge or someone asked me how my run went. So I wanted to know how your run went. Yeah. And she, I was like, is it okay? She's like, yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. She's like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, so that very early on that taught me like, just show interest and which I, just you know, being, it was genuine interest. Yeah. yeah. Just being a supporter, like nothing yeah. more, nothing more complicated than that. Just being a supporter. That's a huge step right there. Absolutely. And yeah. you know, I, I remember we were like crying with happiness. She ran 1602 in the 5k indoors at Iowa state of her fifth year. And we're like, Oh my God, this girl ran a PR finally for the first time in five years. Yeah. And we're like, we're so happy. She can like finish her college career happy. And like a few months later, she runs 1529. She gets fourth at NCAAs and she signs with Ray. Ray's talking, asking me about her. Mm -hmm. And then now she's got a contract offer. I'm like a year ago, this girl was ready to quit. Like, and then she, so then she gets to Reebok and it's, the COVID year. So, um, Fox was, uh, he took, he took kind of the, Hey, let's, let's keep everyone separate approach. Like we're not going to meet and, uh, just get your runs done. If you want to like get a bubble with somebody like, so, if, you know, then that's fine. So we ended up kind of bubbling with, uh, Tori and Jackson, uh, Tori's on Tin Man. Jackson's uh, he's a bandit boy with me, but he's mm-hmm. a marathoner. He's qualified for the trials uh, next year. And, um, so we would like run with them a lot and uh, during that year. And then they then races started opening up that summer. But it's not like we had been training. They had been training super hard. Mm-hmm. So And I, I just had surgery, so I wasn't running at all. And so the races went really bad. Like it, it, She actually ran a time trial, and she ran like 444 in the time trial. Or 439, 439, sorry. Yeah. But she got under 440. But it was like, oh, man. Like... All right, I don't know if uh, we need to change something or like something needs to change, yeah. and um, that just that just absolutely lit a fire under her butt. Mm-hmm. And after that, she was like, "That that sucked." And then she she ran like fifteen fifty eight and five k a few weeks later, and she's like, "Yeah, that sucked." Like that's one that's not me, and two, I don't want to lose. Like I hate losing. Like she's just so competitive. So that. Again, talking about experiences, her having that experience, like nothing that I could have said to her would have changed, would have, you know, until someone kind of gets that fire going until like you have that experience, I think she needed, she needed that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that really kind of sparked her, her coming out party, which was, uh, uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but the, the, the trials of miles in Austin that February, Mm -hmm. it was, um, so sorry, Morgan. <laughs> That's when I sprained my ankle. Yeah. If anyone's wondering, <laughs> started a long string of injuries. Uh, so that was far and away the best race of her career. Um, at that point, she she ran fifteen nineteen to qualify for the Olympic trials in the five k, and she beat Emma Coburn. Mm-hmm. She beat a bunch of girls that like she was like, I didn't even know I could run be on the same home stretch as them. Yeah, but. For her, it was just it was really cool race and it was a pretty lousy day to run. It was like so humid, and yeah, there's a lot like, of like top performances. Yeah, just based like, on the weather. I, th- I think there was only one Olympic standard achieved that day. Um, and Ellie, for reference, like Ellie Purrier only ran um, like only ran she only ran 1509 or 1508 
Um, and she's, I think she's run like 1440 or so, or yeah. she's, she's run significantly faster. Like it was just, it was not a great day to run, mm-hmm. but, uh, so then that kind of, so anyway, so you take that in consideration, how lousy of a day it is to her for her to run 15, 19 and like take the lead, push the race, push the pace. And then her next 5k, um, in California, uh, she runs 1451 and, she closes down on a lot of good girls. She beat Emily Sisson that day. She beat Rachel Schneider Smith that day, and two two people that went on to make the Olympics that year. And so, from like on paper, it looks like this big jump from fifteen nineteen to fourteen fifty one. But she more realistically probably ran closer to fifteen minutes in that uh, in that Austin race. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in that was the, that was when super spikes were finally available to people. So she was finally wearing super spikes. And so when you when you throw all of that in. It's not like she just had this drastic change. It's like, well, one, she started training with a professional, professional team and coach. Two, she got in a really fast race. Three, uh, she had really nice shoes on. And three, she just got better. It's like when you train, you get better generally, you know, but she's a talented girl. I don't know. So it, it was. And she had Robbie by her side. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Fox, Fox is a. Uh, Dude, his training, his training. I I still try to wrap my head around his training. It is, it is. <laughs> I've heard about it. It's crazy. It's crazy and it's different. It's, it's just yeah. different. And like, like he he'll give you a fart lick that will make you question everything on this planet. What, and then what does that look like? Four by or six by two minute on, two minute off. Yeah. And you random. finish that, and you're like, wow, I'm the worst runner in the history of the world. And then you get to the track, the next workout, and he has you do like. A thousand at, at mile at fifteen pace, yeah. and you're like it's extremely hard. like J- Josette accidentally would run so fast sometimes because it's just like you're just so strong from the hills and from the fart lake or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's a uh, you know she just she really clicked with with that kind of training and she's clearly clicking with this training. So I kind of think she's just a talented girl, which is what we already knew. But yeah. it's uh yeah so it's it's been really really fun to for her to allow me to be by her side. And for her to like allow me into that space and I'll definitely never, I'll never forget the last few years being able to travel with her to the diamond leagues and, and, uh, and European races and even, and the U S races, of course, but like, it's just, uh, it's just, it's something that I'm never going to forget. And it's just so special, especially watching her, watching her run well. Like it's like, you know, I, I, it didn't matter how she was running, but because she was running so well, it was like. This is just—I—I I was, I was never running that well on the European circuit. So to like see someone that you're so you, you're so in cared, you're so intertwined with, invested in it, mm-hmm. it was because um, then it makes her happier, and you know then that makes me happier. So it's it was like it, it's just really really cool, and you know to see her her ensign to have a good one in Florence last weekend. I'm like we're pretty hype now, and you know she does she's good, man. They don't need us, you know. They got they they're doing fine. <laughs> they don't need us at all. <laughs> we're just, we're just I, down the foot. I think that's the elephant in the room. Yeah, they <laughs> they don't need us at all. <laughs> it's too true. Well, on that note, is there anything else you would like to talk about or mention or shout out before we finish up? Uh, I just uh, I'm just I'm blown away by. Uh, the talent and dedication you guys have it's uh, and by you guys i mean the the oac team the OAC. it's it's been um i, I kind of i remember saying it on a, on a run uh when we first got here but like i feel like every few years my my eyes get opened up to something brand new and uh, like i at first i had no idea what a 5k guy I even trained like and yeah. then i met justin knight and then i was like oh wow like that's that's amazing yeah. <laughs> and then i met you guys and i met joe and i'm like 
oh, that's what those guys train like. And I'm, so it's, I just kind of chuckle whenever someone's like, oh, you ever going to move up to the 5K? And I'm like, I have seen things I can't even explain to you that I can't even comprehend seeing, doing in practice. So it's just, uh, I just think it's really cool to, to see you guys uh, all be on the same page. And uh, I appreciate that you keep including me in that, even though I've been injured the whole time. Dude, people don't forget, man. Olympic finalist is pretty cool, you know. And you know, it's uh, it's you know, you know, we we can talk about your NCAA races if you'd like, you know. No, no, it's no, no. it's uh, I think that's a great place to us to, for us to end up. But um, on, on next time, we'll have you can interview chick, me. Next chicken time. morgues over the Grant Fisher. Yeah, that's the dream. Uh, Volume but, one through three. Well. We appreciate you a lot. It's very so awesome to have you here, along with Josette. But thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Mark. So good. Um, you ready, to, think... ready to play some uh, Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, let's go play some video games. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, oh, for listening. Oh, well, really quick, what did you think of that uh, pasta and meatballs the other night? Amazing. All right. Thank you. So you heard it. You heard it from not me. It's good food. Great food. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Morgan. Yep. <laughs>